welcome to Whose Turn Is It Anyway, a podcast all about our gaming group and being a cardboard hoarder. I'm JP, who's not the current first player, but filling in for Davies, feeling under the weather. And I'm joined by other players, Adrian and Curly, as we return for another round of Niche Number Ones. How are we doing, chaps? Very good, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Uh, shame about Davy. Bless him. It happens. It happens. Um, so yeah, we, we are, have a, an unplanned, pretty much unplanned episode, mm. so... Pretty much like every other episode, right? Yeah. Exactly the <laughs> no, same. No change. We're all last minute. We'll, we'll throw in. But we're here to talk about board games, which we can do forever. So, mm-hmm. so there we go. Um, anything happening in your lives that's of notable interest? Nothing for me. Just <laughs> life got in the way of living, I think, is the best way to put it. So, yeah, I've kind of been out of the, the board gaming loop for a few weeks now. Yeah. Uh, sort of squeezed in whatever I can. But, yeah, no, for me, it's kind of been a bit... Only a handful of board games over the last sort of month or so for me. Yeah. But, you know, these things happen, so that's me. Yeah, absolutely. About you, Curly, been on holiday? Yeah, been on holiday, kind of. More yeah. like off work. My friend's been visiting from Korea. I believe he's now a listener, so hello, James, if you're listening. Hi, James. Thanks <laughs> for listening. <laughs> so, yeah, he's been over staying at mine for the last 10 days. We went to Cornwall for a few in between, but it's nice because I've been introducing him to some board games and I've got him hooked so another, so one, another one bites the dust I've heard a lot yeah quite a lot yeah. we play board games most nights <laughs> every night yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah. It, we, it don't, was... we don't have a TV in this house like yeah, you no. you must play board games <laughs> what is this thing you speak of we didn't watch a single episode of anything that sounds amazing yeah oh, kind of jealous now yeah. but there we go but yeah I've returned back from France um, literally last weekend so going for the holiday blues pretty much like yourself yeah <laughs> Um, especially when you have one day off in between your holiday and going back to work, which just sucks. Yeah. But let's get the violins out and cry, but let's now. Shall we move on and yeah, talk let's about game? Let's move on. Let's cheer ourselves up. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about Hex. What's been hitting the table? What have we been playing? So Adrian, I'm going to start with you because you said you've not been playing much. No. But what have you been playing? So I've got quite a few games off of the shelf of shame, as it were, or like off my bucket list of games that I wanted to play. But I thought I'd talk about uh, Raiders of the North Sea. Nice. I'm very late to the party on that one, I appreciate. But um, just another worker placement game that sort of shows you how much you can do with that basic core mechanism. Um, have you guys played Raiders? No, I haven't heard about no. it. Never played it. Nope. So essentially what you do is there's different coloured workers, you own one worker at a time, you put it down into the spot and depending upon the colour that you put in, that will give you a different bonus. And then where there is another one, you pick it up and you get the bonus off of that one and you do that every round. So you put one down and you pick one up and you get the colour bonus of the one you put down and the colour bonus of the one you pick up. And it's just, it sounded so like, oh, that sounds quite cool. But man, there's a load of strategy. Cause you're like, oh, I don't really want to put that down there because that means they'll get the bonus of picking it up. And I know they want that, but I also know they want that thing as well. And so you're kind of really watching for what they want. Um, so you kind of do that to start off with. And then slowly, because it's Viking themed, you mm-hmm. slowly go raiding, which means you put down your colored worker. And again, only certain colored workers can go. So if you want to raid a harbor, you can kind of put the lowest value worker if you want there. If you want to raid like the big inland village uh, fortresses I think they're called yeah. you have to use the highest value workers and then once you've raided it you then pick up the other colour worker that's available and what it does is it slowly shifts the low value workers out for the high value workers but they're only high value workers in the sense of raiding they're actually quite often low value workers at your home base mm-hmm. and it's just a it's a marvellous mechanism and again every time I say to myself I've got too many worker placement games <laughs> I play another one and realise 
actually I could have a whole library of worker placement games and I think I'd still be happy with them because yeah. it's just yet another little twist. You know, um, we've played Architects and talked about what Shem Phillips has done with that to worker placement before. And just all of these like little twists on worker placements, are just I find them amazing and it's just another game that I sort of thought, heard lots about it I'll give it a go it's another worker placement but whatever and just come away from it going yeah it's different to every other worker placement I've played by quite a bit yeah I, I love the fact I mean I, I love worker placement I think a lot of people love worker placement mm. games I mean again how many times can we say worker placement yeah <laughs> go for a record worker placement um but no it's it's I just love when they they twist that mechanic um, yeah and rather than just be I put a dude down I get a thing you'll go it's like you say, you put a dude down, you get a thing, but you also get something else because of the different colours or whatever. I just, I love subtle twists, and and yeah, I can imagine that that kind of, I wouldn't say breaks your brain, but makes you think about the other players and the interaction of the other players a lot more rather than just I'm blocking you. Ha. <laughs> Yeah, because you still you in this one you're almost not blocking someone. No. What you're doing is you're giving them an opportunity, and so you're instead of it's thinking, reverse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. instead of thinking yeah. what am I blocking up the board it is, but the, like your home base, which is you play the first four or five turns easily without really t like raiding or anything like that. You really are thinking like what do I want not want to give my opponent as such, rather than what do I want to block. It's just that interesting twist on. Yeah, on that play, on that mechanism. Nice. So is it the same uh, publisher as Architects? It's all the same? Yeah, Shem Phillips and Garfield Games. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's got the same art style. Yeah. So um, Raiders of Scythia was the um, kind of natural evolution of it. It mm -hmm. took some of the, it took most of the Raiders of the North Sea mechanic and put in some of the expansions. Yeah. But totally different art style. Yes. And I wasn't so taken with that art style. So that's why I decided to get Raiders of the North Sea when it came up on a sale. And I was just like, yeah, I'll grab that and... And yeah, it's got exactly the same art style as Architects and the, the Miko, same design. Is it the Miko? Is the art? Oh, I don't know. I just know I love sure. it. Yeah, yeah, it's got a uh, very unique art um, style. I think it is. I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's. I do like it. It's that kind of cartoony. Yeah. Um, style. I think it's the same uh, in Endless Winter. That's coming out. Yes. This year. It's kind of got. I don't know if it's the same artist or not, but it it's certainly got yeah. the, that same feel of sort of. It's. It's cartoony, but it's got sort of a classical twist on that cartoony yeah. look. It looks like it fits in with like Vikings and medieval and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's really so. I really enjoyed it. Amongst all the games that sort of came off the the shelf of shame, it was the one that sort of made me go, yeah, no, I can still have more room for these kind of games yeah. in my collection. I yeah. really, I really, really like um, worker placement games and anything that can put, like I say, a little twist, maybe make you think a little bit more, maybe you think about other people a bit more. It always just adds more um depth to the game which is always a positive like you know um i'm coming round to the lords of water deep we were talking about um how it's really good but it is actually quite low level it's the base level for worker placement yeah, right exactly. and then everything else i think like there's quite a few games that can be a bit like that where just like i'm blocking a space and that's all yeah, it's really yeah. doing but yeah there i think there's so many people now that have managed to to put a twist in or do something different mm -hmm. or whatever yeah. so well, you definitely make it sound more interesting because I've heard of Raiders for a long time, but I've never really been intrigued by it mm. uh, to even give it a try. But now you've explained some of the, the kind of yeah. core mechanics. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I might enjoy that. Good, yeah. Well, I'd so, heard it as a comparison yeah. to Champions of Midgard. Oh, okay. The, the dice yeah. chucking thing. And yes, they're both mm. Viking themed, but I would say they're very, apart from coming out roughly the same time and being Viking themed, I think there's quite a bit of difference between yeah. the two. Mm. So yeah, we'll have to get it to the table Absolutely. sometime. It's, it's, it, I really enjoyed my playthrough of it. Yeah, count, yeah count me in. Yeah, keen. How about you, Curly? 
Well, I played a whole plethora of new games. Um, yeah, as we said at the start. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, to be fair, they're, they're, they're all games for me. Trying to introduce my friend to some, you know, um, favourites of mine that I think he'd like. Um, yeah, but the, probably the pick of those that I would talk about is Gugong. He absolutely loved it. Um, it's based in China. Um but it's basically around when a new emperor took over and they outlawed bribery. And the whole of the system was based around bribery um, at the time. And when the new emperor came in and outlawed it, they had to find inventive and clever ways around that new law that had come in. Mm -hmm. And the new law, and basically what they actually did was they would say, I give you a gift, Adrian, of apples, and you give me back a golden statue. Yeah. That means you're bribing me, basically. Yeah, but but we're actually, not, yeah. they're exchanging gifts but between friends. But we call it gift exchange. Right? Gift and that's, exchange. that's the idea behind the game. Yeah. Um, and apart from the fact that it's not worker placement, it kind of is. Because you've got cards instead of workers, and these cards have a different value on them, depending on the gift that you're giving. And the idea is that you go to a space down on the board and you have to swap one of higher value in your hand for a lower value one on the board itself. Um, and if you do that, then you get to perform the action of that space, which is essentially you visiting a lord's land and doing something in those areas. Um, and then that, where you've taken the one up from the board, where you've swapped it, that becomes your hand for next turn. So it becomes an interesting kind of rotation where you don't want to go too silly and go too hard because then your next hand will be rubbish for next turn and it just yeah there's a lot of complication there and a lot of kind of deep thinking but the actual to teach it is really easy which yeah. is one of the reasons why i selected it um but just really good fun really satisfying um and i love the theme like the artwork's amazing the theme in feudal sort of china is just yeah really mm -hmm. interesting to me so you guys have played it do you is it oh, i own it so yeah, yeah i've played it quite a few times they got introduced you to it didn't i well, yeah i think you probably yeah. did back in the day and you played it Adrian? i just played it recently oh, okay. with yourself curly and i'd kind of done a bit of research because it i'd been on my list at one point to buy and the bit that i'd never really seen in the very small bit of like oh let's see what this game is about is the idea that your your hand the all the cards you pick up off the board becomes your hand next turn yeah. and as soon as you realize that as soon as you sort yeah. of taught that no. rule i was like <laughs> now nah, this game makes sense uh -huh. like because it is that i literally want to trade where i can just one up i want to yeah. trade you know i want to take a seven off the table and put an eight down ideally yeah. because then you're getting the most you know out of it yeah. and so yeah i found that that made the game like otherwise i say it's kind of a bit of action point and a bit of worker kind of placement or card placement mm. in an area but that idea of you are setting up your next turn's hand are you happy to have a rubbish next turn for a good this turn mm. kind of thing or doing exactly what you want or do you have to play that little bit of a oh, this isn't exactly what i want but it would give me a much better hand next turn i found that little puzzle was the a lot of the crux of that game and where the yeah where the puzzle came into it well, I like the little extras that it throws in as well. And we won't go into all of the rules now, but you've got, you know, no. if you if you swap over <laughs> and, and at the end of the turn your hand are certain numbers, you get extra workers yeah, for the next turn. And, yeah. You know, you go down and you trade and that allows you to have different type of workers and it allows you to have more cards in your hand, which effectively gives you more turns. It's just, there's a lot below the surface on that game, I always think, considering mm. the fact that it doesn't take very long to teach. Especially because my friend, who I toyed to, had barely played a board game ever. I mean, it was Lords of Waterdeep. I mean, it literally went from I played games when I was a kid to Lords of Waterdeep to Gugong to Terraforming Mars in the end, you know? So it was just a, yeah, 
So you didn't wheel out on Mars then? Not on Mars, just yet. <laughs> considering the fact it took me two games and I'm still like, what? okay, I got some victory points for that, I've got no idea how. It'd be quite funny, you know, friends stayed with you for nearly two weeks and you've got into a Lacerda game. That yeah, would be, that yeah, would be the aim. Right? Yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a cracking game. I, I, as I say, I own it. It's, it's great fun. I think the puzzle is what interests me every time with that, the whole mm. hand management, as you guys have said. It's just... Yeah, it's interesting. And I think what I've really enjoyed about Gugong, when we played a lot of it over lockdown, mm. obviously not during lockdown when we couldn't see each other, but mm. during when we could, um, mm. once the rules had relaxed. And we played quite a lot, didn't we? We had, yeah. like, I know, three, four, five, six games with Becky as well. And they were just, like, really competitive. Yeah. Like, score-wise, end up being so close. Like, oh, I might have this. And, oh, no, you get your one. Um, but, yeah, I just really enjoyed the kind of get into a game and and kind of get into that level with that game mm. and yeah it's a lot of fond memories of Google need to try the expansion yes definitely or whatever it's called yeah that's a load of little expa- like little, little expansions modules. isn't it they're little modules yeah, yeah they look puts, interesting puts the you know you've got the stairs and the um, oh, path to the emperor that's it yeah it puts little um, obstacles and, and gates in the way that you have to oh, kind of pay okay. uh, and they're randomised it's got like this whole peasants revolt thing that's going on that's quite interesting but yeah a lot of yeah, we'll have to go Let's keep it going. Um, but yourself. Me, obviously I've been in France, so we took a few games on holiday mm-hmm. uh, with Rob, obviously from the podcast as well. And it wasn't just me and Rob go to France, we were with our families. Um, I played, uh, we played a bit of Dice Throne, Marvel Dice Throne. Uh, we played a bit of Imperial Assault. We managed to bring all of his boxes. <laughs> Imperial Assault? Yeah, well, because we drove there. In France? He's got the boot, he's got the boot space. Yeah, so we... We, we brought all that. We only played it once, though. Sorry, so kids, you can't bring the bucket in today. <laughs> yeah. I brought an aerial salt yeah. instead. But we've got a game of that. But the game we played the most of was Netrunner. Oh. Um, so, and this is a bit of a surprise for me, because uh, you probably heard, if you ever listened to the very, very first podcast episode that we did, or maybe even episode one, uh, Netrunner's a game that I've got Ian into the hobby. I've got Rob into the hobby with Netrunner. And it's kind of one of my old school games that I have very, very fond memories of. And collected a lot of cards, realised I'd never played them, and then sold it. Sounds familiar with Marvel yeah. Champions. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I haven't sold it. Um, but for those that don't know what Netrunner is, Netrunner is a uh, cyberpunk kind of dystopian future card game, uh, asymmetric card game, where one of you plays like a, a runner or a hacker, and the other one plays as a corporation. And the uh, kind of the point of the game is that the corporation has these agendas, these cards that they're trying to advance and score. And and once they get to seven agenda points, they win. And the hackers then trying to break through their servers and steal those agendas and basically score the points that way. So you've got this very asymmetric puzzle of um, the corporation trying to create this maze um, for the runner to try and not get through, essentially. And the runners then kind of... In- installing like resources and hardware and programs um to try and circumnavigate these firewalls that the the corporation's laying down it's just a bloody i I love it and i I kind of regret selling it um back in the day and i watched the shut up and sit downs uh recent video on it which is can you get into netrunner in 2022 i saw that yeah and and i just thought i'll give that a watch and i just thought God, I really want to play this again. <laughs> like it really just like sparked. What was off. the verdict that they gave? Yeah, right? well, because Damn. because of um, it's been reignited by Project Nisei. Mm. Uh, whenever that was, twenty seventeen, once Netrunner died and yeah, got yeah. abandoned by Fantasy Flight Games, 
and they kind of uh, kind of continued it as a community uh, fan charity, not charity, but a fan cor- not non profit, non profit. That's the word I'm going to use. Uh, Organisation to keep the the game alive and keep mm-hmm. people playing the game. And I knew about it at the time. I just thought it's dead. It's going to go away. Yeah. This thing's going to last six months, and 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 away we go. But kind of just looking into it and researching it and looking at actually what they've done over the past four years it's been it's quite impressive to be honest mm-hmm. and and they've kind of redesigned the new kind of core set that you can buy um, and you can kind of bolster that with some of the original cards from the other core sets uh, the revised cores that you got and i kind of have a, just the desire to have a, a smaller collection of it and that's it I yeah just keep that and that's game and net run. I can just wheel out. There's a bit of debt building in mm. there that we can do, but not be this big growth yeah. of cards and stuff that I'll probably never ever play. Um, so that's what I've done. So I kind of bought two packs. And you have to buy your own tokens because it doesn't come with that anymore, like the old core sets do. And and just give it a go. And mm. we played a lot on holiday. It was a blast. Nice. Honestly, loved just running servers. Um, and that I think it's a good memory that Rob. Uh, managed to to actually kill me he played the court most and he managed to do um play some jinteki cards which you'll know from curly mm-hmm. i've played a lot of netrunner where you kind of bait the runner into yeah, traps, traps and and, and yeah. kill them and he managed to pull something off which was pretty good and he was very happy with himself and <laughs> actually that was my favorite game even yeah. though i lost it yeah, yeah because yeah. I, it was kind of like it got competitive yeah mm. it got to a place where now this is competitive this is fun yeah so yeah there mm-hmm. we go it's really, it's really a game but similar to I guess um, Ian is the fact I got into it through Ian because I knew Ian before I knew you of yeah. course and he introduced me to Netrunner my mate JP mm. who I didn't know at the time has introduced me to Netrunner and we played the hell out of it we bought a whole big bunch he did, yeah. uh, and we played it a lot as two players and I it, think I ever done it to be honest yeah. and I ended up when Ian moved out because we used to live together at the time um, when he moved out he bought me out of the yeah. the Netrunner set. But I'm not saying I'll regret it because I haven't played it and I wanted to play it. But now you're talking about it, it's making me like, oh, I bloody love that game. Yeah. I really do. It's one of my favourites. It's my favourite card game and yeah. I've played them all. Well, I haven't played your Pokemons and your Yu-Gi-Oh's and stuff. But, you know, well, stop making wild claims. I was going to say, <laughs> I've played them all apart from two of the three most popular sets that yeah, exist. But, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but they're, they're for kids, Adrian. Kids, only kids oh, play those. Oh, no, you didn't go there. You didn't go there. De- deliberate. Please post right all complaints there. directly deliberate to. Out there. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Really looking forward to giving that a go, so I might even be tempted to invest a little bit. As well, well yeah, I've got a couple of sets now. We can do a little bit of light games and get back into it. So yeah. Anyway, shut up and sit down. Strikes again. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> They're Christ. responsible for a lot of money leaving yeah, my bank account. Yeah. Damn right. Cool. Let's go on to the main event. So let's talk about the main topic of the day which is niche number ones adrian it's good to have you on this episode because you're the brainchild of niche number ones for the first round i was yeah you were so I I, it's really cool to have you back for the second round so of you niche tell number ones. Smile, he's really proud of I'm, it. i am it's, for, <laughs> it's on my cv at this point yeah. Yeah. what have you done niche number ones 
What have you done? <laughs> I've done it, it's fine. But no, we're, we're back with a whole new set of, of niche number ones. If you don't know what the hell we're talking about, I'm going to ask that, Adrian, what's the niche number ones? It's your, your baby. Oh, how do you, I, I described it last time as a top 10, apart from it's just a top one, but the categories are useless and no use to anyone, really. It's, <laughs> it's just find a, find a very obscure thing to say, oh, what about, what's your favourite game in this very obscure category? And then we come up with it and hopefully have a bit of a chat with it and give yeah. you some ideas, even if... Even if the category is obscure, hopefully the answers we give gives you a little bit of yeah. taste of something that you know you might want to play. That's so much better than what I was going to say. And so. Plus, you know, it's like every everyone does your top tens and your top threes. It's quite unique and interesting. I think. Yeah, I thought it sounded a bit different. I, I yeah, really enjoyed sure. recording the last episode, and I wasn't supposed to be on this one. I don't think you were. were you? No, Curly? no, I wasn't there. No, so I think me, me and Curly are kind of stowaways on this episode just yeah, because of the last minute shuffle round. Um, but yeah. I'm really pleased to be doing it like <laughs> so I enjoyed it lots. Should we crack on with the first one? Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Right. What's your favourite game that has no VPs or victory points? Well, with this one, I, I can cheat a little bit because there, there is kind of a whole genre of game that doesn't have VPs that I love, which is, if you want to say it's a genre, it's co-op games, right? Yeah. yeah. So for me, Spirit Island, Mansions of Madness, all these type of games I absolutely love, and they don't have VPs, so I'm going yeah. go ahead and claim, all right, Spirit Island, if we want. I, was, I thought you were going to claim co-op. all co-op games, then yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, that's, I got in there first, guys. That's ruined now a lot, yeah. <laughs> Now suddenly realising this question, maybe not that be that niche. Might not be niche enough. But there no, we go. but you know, it's yeah. still an interesting thing to talk about. Because yeah. most do, don't they? So what about talk to us about Spirit Island for a second then? Um, I won't go into too much detail because I think we did a couple of episodes, but Spirit Island is just absolutely fantastic old game where you basically you play as a whole bunch of different spirits fending off colonial invasion from you know, when you do the more difficult side of the game you end up having um the invaders are like the swedish the english the i forget what other nationalities are danish i think maybe spanish yeah different yeah countries Mm -hmm. during that kind of 1700s or 1600s exploration my land sort of yeah that's it Um, but you're a you're a an isolated island that has its own indigenous population and you're their spirit gods basically and and use your powers and your cars to fight them off and i mean to say there's good mechanics in that game is an absolute understatement because it just feels so satisfying to like play your cards and get money and swap your cards and mm. get new cards it, it just play. feels like a yeah just like a, a a journey from the start yeah. when you're really struggling to like yeah i'm getting that card now i'm really powerful it's like it's um and it's quite challenging as well, especially with the different modes. So I think keeping it fresh is going to be, yeah, easy. Nice. So yeah, looking forward to getting the expansions of that and giving that a go as well. Yeah, there's plenty of expansions. All of them. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, we've considered you know looking at two or three of them already. You're going to get them all. I found with that, because we played it at the 24-hour board game event, that what I wasn't expecting is actually how much conversation. Some co-op games, you kind of just play your own little bit and you're like, right, you're going to deal with over there, I'm going to deal with over here. There's quite a lot of, right, let's stop. And it's like analyze the board a little bit and work out right okay have we got this part of the map covered have we got that part of the map covered and yeah i was just really impressed with that level of of actually cooperative conversation that was Mm -hmm. naturally built into the game i wasn't expecting it so Mm. i think it's a great choice well because it's so asymmetric in a way that it's um everyone has like almost like a key purpose Mm. a a strength 
um, that you can't do everything on your own. So I think I played a defender at the time, and if you're an attacking type, and it's really like dumbing down the way you play this game, but like if you play an attacker, you can't defend your own lands that yeah. you're mostly in, so you have to rely on other people to... And you're really, out, yeah. yeah, it's very, like you said, heavy yeah. on the interaction, which yeah. is... Yeah. Right, you Adrian? Um, I had the same thought. Was like, I listed like a whole load of co-ops off and then sort of looked at my other board games that weren't cooperative and kind of went, what do I do here? Um, and I'm just going to mention, um, as I say, I, I'm going to be like a little bit sort of saying, I'm going to write co-ops off then because otherwise I could just list all the co-ops and just say Suro. If you've not played Suro, you move a little pebble around. You put a tile down. The tile's kind of got some wiggly lines. You move your pebble, which is a dragon, along the lines. Mm -hmm. Next person round puts theirs on. And it's the last dragon, last pebble on the board that wins. So yeah. everyone else eliminates themselves by putting stuff down and ended up wandering off the board by accident. And yeah, there's no victory points in it. It takes like 15, 20 minutes to play, like, max, if you sit there and study half the cards that you've got in your hand that you're putting on that little board. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's a real simple game. Um, I know it's not for everyone. I've seen a few people just sort of try and go, what's the game here? And I can kind of understand that. It's not exactly, it's not a highbrow game, that's for sure, in the sense mm. of really analysing everything. But yeah, it was the first one that I thought, oh, that's competitive, but doesn't actually have any level of victory points. Because mm -hmm. even certain other games I thought of, it was like, well, best of three. And I thought, well, is that victory points if I've got if I win 2-1 have I won on two victory points to one yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah. that's the only game I could think of that, that was competitive that I've played plenty of and loved yeah. mm. you could cheat and say well the game doesn't call them victory points it calls them prestige points or it calls them yeah it's against the, the but we, yeah. we all know they're VPs yeah. don't we yeah uh, I'll be quick on mine Come on, that's too many bones yeah <laughs> I mean it's one of my favourite games full stop mm. And it doesn't have victory points. There you it's go. Easy. Done. Done. Want to know more? Listen to episode four. I was going to say, you, you haven't mentioned much on this. Could you tell me more about what <laughs> Too Many Bones Episode four. Uh, <laughs> did a whole episode on it. I'm very proud of it. It's very good. Uh, Davey's given us his suggestions. Okay. Um, as he can't be here today. He said chess. Okay. Which is, it makes sense. Yeah. Not a game for me. There but... is points in chess. I'm gonna be mean and say. Are you, are you gonna is... pull the points? Yeah, back? I'm gonna. So there's because there's points for if you have a like a stalemate or if you run out of a timer, every piece has a number of points, so you score yeah. points at the end. So the ultimate win condition is not around victory points, but like your your stalemate win condition is around points. I, I think probably a. I, I think controversial. <laughs> Maybe count it as one that that does count, but I mean, I love chess. I've played a lot it's of chess, as I said before. So, like, yeah, as a game, love it, but might have to partially veto. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Well, Sorry, Davy. To argue is argue is no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Suck it, Davy. Um, <laughs> should we go on the next one? Yeah, do it. Cool. Favorite game you don't own. So shall I start with this one? I start go on, with you, you start yeah, with this one. My favourite game that I don't own, and I didn't realise this until I had a games day at my house, and it's Concordia. Nice. And mm. I just loved playing that. Mm. Like I just thought, why don't I own this game? And the answer is because I don't need to, because there's no. two people in the group that have it. That's the answer yeah. that I tell myself. But just one of the things I love about the game is it's just rapid. Like... Yeah. You play the card, you do the thing. Next, get on with it. You play the yeah. card, do the thing. Now, and we had what was it? Five players. We had five players. Five players. Yeah. It's bloody zip round. Yeah. In two hours, what well, roughly, maybe a bit longer. Love it. I just yeah. love that game. It's fun. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy that, and I've played it a lot at two and three player as well, and I've yeah. played it now a couple of times at five player. It just scales really it's well. Just... 
you just need different maps because a two a five player map is not going <clears> to <throat> do a two player game. Yeah. But as long as you buy a couple of spare maps, then yeah, you're good, there's, aren't you? pl- there's plenty in there for yeah. for people. Just Love it. Brilliant game. Uh, I think we talked about it in the pod before. Um, but yeah, another Euro game set in the Mediterranean. Um, trading stuff, doing stuff, building stuff. But uh, yeah. it's the hand management that's the best. It's thing really satisfying it. game, to be honest. Yeah. It is really good. It's one of my favorites well, as well. When you look down at the board and there's all the houses out and you've got all your workers out and all that, lot, and the board just looks full and you think, yeah, we've done well here. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was really pleased with myself because I think you fancy yourself at that game and I, I drew with you and I, I was like really it, yeah. pleased with that. That was the day where you drew about four games yeah we played, more, we played six yeah, seven yeah. games and you two drew on four of them yeah 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 and then i can't remember if you lost out on the tie condition on a yeah i did bit. on nearly all, <laughs> on all of them yeah I, I metaphorical draw but you know literally lost <laughs> yeah it's like is your name curly if so you lose the tie yes that's, that's pretty rule. much like that is the rule yeah okay what about you guys what's your category yeah there's loads of games actually that i don't own that i absolutely love and the reason being is because we've got such a good group here, which I would advise anyone to have as well. Because they're you buying groups everywhere. Well, exactly. But more, more than <laughs> that, it's good friends, you know, but, you know, saves me a bit of cash as well. It's never going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But no, I've got a whole bunch of them. But if I had to say favourite, I mean, most of them you own, JP. It's you who's got all my favourites and I really want to buy them and I'm just like, I don't need them. <laughs> um, but I would have to say, oh my God, I'm going to have to make a decision. Okay, I'm just going to have two. You can tough, tough, I think, basically. Right. Eclipse, Eclipse and Nemesis. I knew Nemesis. They're, they're, they're just right. Totally different games, but I love them equally in different ways. Best but, thing I read today on Board Game Geek on the Eclipse forums. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was just... I do this of course. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. The two species expansion packs are coming Ooh. next year early mm-hmm. hopefully next year and they have two species per pack nice. and it adds Can't more wait. player counts to the game like we need a 10 mm. player game yeah what kind of size table are you gonna have to, have to fit that <laughs> struggle with six <laughs> oh can't wait we'll have to get back in your uh, carport again yeah that's it yeah and again this might sound a bit weird to the listeners going back into your carport well, during the covid days like Gurley, outside. Gurley's yeah. got a carport. We're gaming outside. He had his, uh, was it your what, uh, plastering tables? Plastering tables, and you had the big kind of green felt thing that you used for, yeah, Warhammer. for Warhammer back in the day. Had that. Yeah. You could probably comfortably get 10 people around that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was great. Great yeah, fun. Great, great times. Gave it till Didn't two feel in the morning. like it at the time because it was bloody cold on some of those days. We were pushing it. The summer was up until about October, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah. It's getting a bit nippy now, isn't it? Doing <laughs> yeah, this? Like, anyway. But yeah, I would say those two, but I am struggling to separate those two, to be fair. I mean, they're solid choices. Yeah, I would say that I own them. Yeah. You dream? <laughs> um, so mine's one that Curly owns, um, and a couple of other friends I've got outside the group own. It's Architects of the West Kingdom. Mm. Mentioned it before. Um, there were plenty of big games. I thought about Too Many Bones and Nemesis and Eclipse and a whole load of other ones that we've played, including Spirit Island, which just had one game and I'm already like can't wait for the next one um but i think architects is one of those where i've played it quite a few times now and i always look forward when it turns up on the group or when someone says i fancy playing that i'm always like yes Mm -hmm. i'm there let's do it it's just it's a simple enough game but it's got just a nice set of different strategies depending upon either the starting character you have or what's available Mm -hmm. out there from buildings and stuff like that and it's just yeah it just breezes along i like that game it's you know it's as i think we mentioned it slightly before but you you have a whole load of workers it's worker placement with like 20 workers something like that and you put them out and then you can round up those workers send them to prison 
for no apparent reason and get the money for it and then someone has to go to the prison to basically get them back to get their money for it as well or whatever and it's just it's just a nice different twist but it's just yeah it just breezes along I really enjoy that game unlike most game. worker placement games I think it plays really quickly it does I don't even know why I can't put my finger on why but I think it may be because you've got so many workers you're not agonising so much over every decision but it seems to play really quickly and that's what I love about it I think that's mm. a key part of every game for me because that whole AP waiting 20 30 minutes to come round to your turn is what really turns me off. Yeah, so you know, for, for each worker you put there, you normally gain. So for each when you put a worker down, for each worker you already have there, you gain a bonus essentially. Yeah. So if it's a third worker of yours that you've put in that area, you gain 3 stone. Whereas if it was the first, you gain 1 stone. And so I find that my AP disappears and I do get a little bit of AP occasionally. I've noticed, but you know, my it totally goes out the window because I'm thinking, well, look they're going to get rounded up and sent to prison as soon as I put a third one there. But I've got two there already. Like, I might as well put a third one down now, get the stone, and then deal with the fact that they've... I need to go and get them back at some other point. It becomes more obvious what the correct decision yeah. is, I guess. Yeah. And you don't feel so bad over making a wrong choice because it's, again, you're placing so many workers down over a single game yeah. Yeah. that I tend to find you kind of can't easily pinpoint where you went went wrong. Mm-hmm. A lot There might be lots of little mistakes and little choices, yeah. but you feel good getting a whole handful of... But when you've only got two like, or three yeah. per generation or whatever the thing may be, yeah. it oh, becomes yes. a much bigger deal when it you mess yeah. up, you know. At least play it more. I've only played it like twice, yeah. I think. Always... We always come out of these episodes with a list of games we're like, we must play we that. must play <laughs> <laughs> Um Honourable mention from Davy, June Imperium. Nice. Which I can testify he keeps borrowing my copy. <laughs> he's can I borrow June uh, tomorrow? Yeah, whatever. I think he's actually. I didn't know there was a JP library. Oh, I have to make a few yeah, uh, yeah. withdrawals myself. The old me would have said no. Um, but the most new people. You. But then I kind of got over myself a little bit. Is it you getting over yourself, or you know us more, or a bit of both? No, or? I think when I started the hobby. I was quite like, these are my precious babies and no one else would touch them. And I'd get really like quite funny about it. Uh, now I'm kind of like, yeah, life's too short. To be fair, we've had Pizza Gate, Lemonade yeah, Gate, Coffee Gate, Curry Gate. I think it's at the We've had Tea Gate as well. Yeah. 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 yeah Liam. That was epic, that was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of have to, don't you, I suppose? Or you'd never yeah, them out. Otherwise, you'd never play anything, would you? Yeah. Like, you're keeping them in a kind of air sealed vacuum. Uh, forever, but anyway. But yeah, I love yeah. I'm well. gonna, I'm gonna rubber stamp that one. I've shown it to so many people, and on their first play, they're like, "This is good." <laughs> you know, and you're like, "Yeah, it's, it's just." We've got it coming up, haven't we? I'm looking forward Sunday. to Sunday. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to that. It's happening. Right, moving on. Your favorite game that you hated on your first play, but then light. I found this one so tough. I found this really tough. I feel like I stick to my convictions of if I don't like it, it's not getting another play. Like, burn it. Do you think that's a bad trait of yours, out of interest? Possibly. I think the thing is, is that I've had that confirmation bias with the number of times I've played a game that I don't like and I've played it a couple more times and still not liked it, that I kind of feel like maybe I do know my own self but I am mm. sure there are games that I probably would have liked where I've gone, no, I didn't like the first play or the first two plays. I'm done. I don't want to see it again. Mm. And then, whereas potentially I could have had just had a bad play or a bad two plays out of it. Yeah. I've actually got a fairly solid answer for this one, actually. Go on, chuck it in the, in the ring. So, it, it's kind of, it's not, I don't know, you might not accept it, but it's actually <gasps> to do with player count. So, I've played, now, Star Wars, 
Rebellion. I played that at four player as my first play. Yeah, hated it. It's shit Thought at four. It was awful. <laughs> shit at four. It's true. Thought it was awful. Same goes for War of the Ring. Played yeah. that at four player. Hated it. But I didn't hate it because I love Lord of the Rings, but it was like, oh, a bit too cumbersome, not enough to do, split decisions always frustrate me. Oh, it's like, do you um, want to play the game with one arm tied behind your back? Well, not even... It's yeah, it it's like, like, yeah, it kind of feels that way. That That's, you know, for the people I've played with, I don't mean that you're absolutely so rubbish that I'm tying my hand behind yes. my back. But... <laughs> God, I've got a reputation around here. What I really mean is when you're not making the deci- all the decisions that mean whether you win or lose, it kind of feels a bit frustrating. But the same goes for, like, it's happened in reverse. Like, Spirit Island's a good example that I know you played it for and really yeah. enjoyed it, but actually it plays so much better at two or three that I think if I'd have played four first... Yeah, I'd have struggled with oh, it because really? it was just so much more like everything going on at the same time. Mm. It was almost you know not overwhelming because I played it before, but I was surprised you liked it as much as you did. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I I have heard two and three player is better. Definitely. 100%. So you know you do kind of if you hear these little things, sometimes you take it into account when you're playing it. But yeah. I could see the puzzle. I could see the love there. I think the for me the thing with Rebellion, obviously I've played War of the Ring with yourself, but yeah. played it two player. Played Rebellion four player. It just felt like someone had just cut the roll down the middle. Absolutely. Exactly. And that was all 100%. they'd done. And it's so you were just playing you were just playing player. half of the game exactly. and that was why I was like, Yeah, maybe Doesn't this work. isn't it's the a best two player four, game. Though. It's a two player game that they should never have made it for. Well, we could make it a four player game if we just divide the role up in half. Yeah, let's put that in as a as a module. But yeah. we, we know it's crap. Yeah. It's a crap it's crap. It's crap, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but throw it in anyway. Yeah. They didn't need to. I never recommend playing it four player. But anyway, the point was, I played it two player because I thought it's got potential. Played it two player, absolutely loved it, hundred percent. Like me and you, I think played a few times Mm -hmm. as two player, and we we just absolutely loved it. It's great. Yeah. So it's designed to be. So mine, I struggle with this. I struggle with this um, because I tend to like most of the games I play, but the one game I have kind of picked is Dice Throne. And um, and I still don't know whether I I technically like it, um, but I've had a better time with it Mm -hmm. since my first play. So we played ages ago on the original Dice Throne, right? Just before the last niche number ones, because I think you trashed it in that episode, saying how terrible it it was. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, And I just, just, I don't know, it didn't click for me, whatever reason. And I think probably, again, comes the player count. We played it three player, and the look of the dice meant I was getting hit by you and I think Davey at the time yeah. got eliminated and then waited 40 minutes for the next game so it was kind of one of those this is a bit rubbish but since I've been on holiday Rob's got Marvel version mm-hmm. that he took and we've played it a few times and it's gone up I still don't know whether it's for me personally mm-hmm. I still don't think there's enough in it for me um, but will I play it? yeah I'll play it Yeah. is it my favourite? no no. So that's the one I'm picking because I just can't think of anything else to, to kind of go in this category. It's definitely a low depth game. Fun, but fairly low yeah. depth for me. I think that might be why. I don't think there's just enough. Quite not, yeah, I, I'd go along with that. I still like it. I still yeah. find it fun. Me and Rob play it. But yeah, yeah I agree. Adrian. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to sort of take the other end of the scale to what you did, JP. And I'm going to say this is a game that I was kind of on the fence about a little bit. I kind of could see what was going on. And then the more I've played it, I've, it's, it's probably the level I like. It's the game where I've had the most extra appreciation over more plays mm-hmm. of the mechanics. And that's Villagers. Mm-hmm. So Villagers is a Sinister Fish game sort of thing. It's um, an engine builder kind of thing where you're, you're drafting Villagers off a road. 
and then playing them into your town that then gives you victory points as you go on, I suppose. I just think the... thematically you're you're like these villagers come down here, to come into village. our village. See, for me, so like this is where <laughs> I think them from. Well, this is it. It's like so <laughs> basically, yeah, you kidnap them off the road. Like, this yeah. is the way I see it in Get my it, head. Yeah. Is it's they walk down the road and you go, they look good, funk. And if you don't, they get a coin on them where they clearly have got richer, and then you think, well, I'll kidnap them now. They've got more money in there. <laughs> but I love that. Dunk. Right back to my... It's the way that it worked in my head when I was first playing this. I suppose the reason why, going back to the point, I suppose the reason why I appreciate this game more is the first time I played it, we played the rules wrong. Mm. So basically, two players split the entire deck of cards between them, and I was like, man, this is a long game, and we seem to have very much similar like things between us. Second time played it, we got it right, but I was just like, I'm not quite sure how much of a difference it's going to be between games. And the more I played it, the more I could see those little, again, it's maybe not the deepest game, but it's just got, depending upon what cards are available to you, you can change your tactics on the fly. And I just enjoy the way it grows and, mm -hmm. and the, the, the options you have for quite a simple game. So it's the one where I started off maybe a bit cold. I definitely didn't hate it. It was in the collection. I was definitely going to play it more. But as I've played it more it's sort of shot up the list yeah, of my yeah. sort of top 100 cool. or whatever you want to I've only played it way. once I really enjoyed it so it's really yeah, good. I'd definitely be up for going, going again you're going to get the big box aren't you no that's village not villages oh village oh villagers yes sorry yes the the tile one the, yes yeah. the one where the you, one I have played the one you have played yeah oh, Jesus. I did wonder that because we played it here yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going wasn't gonna to argue with you mate <laughs> oh that one we played at the game there at yeah. my house yes, yes. so yeah, I think in village the village. Yeah. No, I, I do enjoy that, and I will be getting the big box. But um, no, this yeah. is villagers. The, the yeah, the sinister fish comes in the little long thing. Yeah, keep up, Barnaby. Keep up. So. Cool. Davies mentioned uh, Anachrony, which okay. I remember he he didn't enjoy that first play. Uh, yeah, Davies seems to be a little bit cold quite a few times with his mind clash games when he first plays them, and then really sort of gets into them. It seems. So it's, I'm wondering if it's a. Yeah, I think Davies' approach to kind of heavy euros is he'll lock onto a strategy and try to go deep on that strategy, and mind clash games don't kind of work that way. No. They kind of need you to have a, your fingers in many pies to to actually be successful, and I think it's just his way of attacking the game and it just didn't pay off and he went I did all this hard work and I thought everything through and I've only got 20 points and now like, yeah I've got 60 damn you <laughs> um, and he's quite a competitive player isn't he so, I was going to say like like, let's hope Davey's not listening but he will you know, be he will be he will, yeah, he's got away the episode yeah. Yeah, no, I, do, I do think that if Davey does badly at a game I think it over represents itself in his opinion then of the game afterwards Yeah. so as he gets better at a game the game becomes better in his mind you know and that's natural for everyone of course but yeah I think when you, you do well at a game, it, it, I don't know if it skews you, but you, the endorphins of it, bloody hell, I yeah, did well at this that. Is it, yeah. um, just naturally helps, doesn't it? Right, let's crack on. Favourite game you've bought on a whim? I'll go first with this one mm -hmm. then. So um, mine was Magic Maze on Mars. This was one where a company who no longer exists um, was doing buy six and get a certain percentage off. Or buy three and get a certain... So I got my three got that and I was like right okay I fancy those two and then I couldn't work out what else I wanted to put in to get the extra percentage off yeah. and so I just looked through all like the cheapish sort of 15 quid games and they had this one they had Magic Maze on Mars quite heavily marked down and then it got me my extra percentage off all those extra board games so it was one of the few games I've picked up where I haven't researched it a lot and it is a silly game you can't talk to each other you each have a colour you can move pieces along that colour um, 
and you've got to try and get all the bits to the end. And mostly you sit there infuriated that the person across the table hasn't seen what you've seen, yeah. while they're infuriated that you haven't moved the piece that you need to move. And so it is just, yeah, you can't talk to each other. You've got to move pieces along to get them to the point that then does something. And then you've got to move the next set of pieces along to the right location, kind of all doing it at the same time. It's a good laugh. It's good fun. It's not to be taken too seriously mm -hmm. at all. But I've probably had the most sort of actual like like people sort of properly laughing at playing this game and just being infuriated with each other. There's a big red sort of chunky pawn piece yeah. that is the I want you to do something piece and the amount of aggression that that goes on to like slapping it down on the table in front of someone say will you just move the piece yeah. is just unbelievable. It always has me in stitches. So yes, yeah, so that was my bought on a whim didn't know what it was like, didn't really know what to expect and had a great time with it. The amount of tables that that red massive kind of wooden piece has damaged <laughs> because the people just go dang, 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 looking at them going, go on then. But you mm. can't say go on then, you just do something. I've only ever played Magic Maze, the original, yeah. not the, the Mars version, but it's the same principle. Yeah, it's, you've got up, down, left or right each yeah. instead of the colours. Except so, yeah. it's based in a shopping mall, but with barbarians and well, it's a weird theme i was it's gonna say weird it's theme, sounding weird but it's the same principle yeah magic maze on mars is robots can only travel along certain routes um which you sure. control those robots to get them sure. to build the maze on the, the mars yeah. colony and then land the people that are going to live there it's a, again an odd thing perhaps makes a little bit more sense than barbarians in a shopping mall that can only go one way yeah <laughs> it's, it's weird isn't it but there we go um I'll be quick on mine. June Imperium was my whim purchase. Mm -hmm. I went to see the film, got hyped up, loved the film. Yeah. Went, ooh, I know there's a game about June. Um, and I didn't, I've already played the. Uh, the the Gale Force 9 one. Gale Force 9. Yeah, no, the Gale, Gale Force 9 version. And that was a bit like, nah, I wasn't that enamored by that game personally. But I've heard a lot of good things about Imperium. Bought it, love it, nothing else to say. Yeah. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, fair enough. So, I'm in agreement. How about you? Um, so for me, I'm gonna kind of lean heavily on the Kickstarters here because most of those are whims in my book. Yeah, that is especially true. over That's COVID. True. All of them. Um, are, yeah. But yeah, the one that really I absolutely love, and it's not actually a group favourite. I know JP appreciates it. It's a game called Icheon. Hmm. I've not played um, this. I missed yeah, out on it. And, it, and I just something about it just really piques my interest. But I only really bought it because there's a great big mech involved, and it was like, and it's not really even about that. It, you know, do it anything, doesn't do it? anything. No. It doesn't do a massive amount. It's called a yeah, colossum. Just goes around and occasionally annoys you every now and again, but nothing major. You steal these stone shards from yeah, it. Yeah, steal the on. stone shards, and that, and that's kind of about it. But it's just such an interesting puzzle, and it's asymmetric. Kind of, you get dealt cards, which you get different equipment each time, different character each time. I really like it. Um, I played it a few times now. We played it a lot two player, which is not really the kind of game that leans into a two player, but it was you know COVID at the time, and it and it worked really well. Yeah. Um, and it's grown on me since as well. You know, I, I really think there's a lot of depth to it. So yeah, Unique. I'm gonna say on a total whim that was yeah my my biggest success. Definitely a unique theme, unique kind of game. Yeah, mm. yeah, that, I enjoyed it every time I've played it. It's been mm. fun. Mm. Cool. Um, Davies mentioned Botoku. Okay. Which was at the um, UK Games Expo. He just wandered around, saw a very colourful box, went, "Ooh, that looks pretty," and he bought it. So luckily, it was quite good. Yeah, I've only <laughs> played it once, and I thought it was excellent. Yeah, good game, good fun. Right, let's crack on to the next niche number one. So that is a favourite game without an available expansion. So 
For me, I interpreted this question as in it's a game where expansions existed and uh, you can't get hold of them. That's how I interpreted oh, it. Oh, so it might, but it could be interpreted in different ways. So for that way, I picked Trois because I cannot get hold of Ladies of Trois <laughs> for love nor money unless I really want to buy it from like Switzerland or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I quite enjoy Trois and I actually drove near it on the way down to France from Calais. So that tickled me a little oh. bit. Oh, it's a board game. It's amazing how many board games you recognise driving across France. Le Havre <laughs> was one. Trois. Yeah. Obviously, we were quite. I say we we're quite near Carcassonne. We weren't. We we're two hours away. <laughs> but but we're quite close. We're <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, that was quite quite good fun to, to kind of look through it. Um, so yeah, that's mine. But I've, I look at your kind of reactions. I think you've interpreted this in a completely different way. That's well. Fine. I've actually got a bit of a cheat because I think mine counts for both. Ooh. Oh, now I want to hear it because unfathomable and BSG. Okay. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica because Battlestar Galactica. It's, they're available, but not for under two hundred quid. Yeah, yeah, they're about um, they're out of print at the minute, and I, although the initial cost for an expansion was what forty quid, and yeah, now they're more that. like one fifty to two hundred a piece. Um, so I'm not paying that. I love board games, but not that much. Um, and Unfathomable, which is the reskin, which is you know they lost the rights to it, hence why they've it's gone out of print in the first place. But Unfathomable is the reskin uh, re set in um, the Lovecraftian kind of you know aesthetic. Mr. Wibbles, Mr. Wibbles, Mr. Wibbles. Wait, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> um, yeah, and that hasn't got an expansion. I hope the uh, word yet is involved. Oh, in it's that. FFG, of course. The word yeah, yet is I'm involved. Hoping so. I'm it hoping might not so. be as soon as you think. No, it we'll might be see. three years away. <laughs> but it'll but come. It'll come. it'll come. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, BSG being hyper expensive and unfathomable hopefully mm -hmm. with an incoming one nice well right. i thought of this as one that doesn't have an expansion to it and just thought about it that way but i've already mentioned village before village was a one-way port not villages no not villages but <laughs> village port and inn were again like you know 20 30 quid expansions that suddenly people were charging 60 70 quid for so they announced the big box recently so very excited for that my choice on the assumption that what this question meant was that there were no expansions available was Brass Birmingham, yeah. which I think it's number two on BGG. So I think people are probably it's fairly good. Away it's with pretty it. good. But yeah. yeah, obviously you've got the two versions. You've got you know, you've got Lancashire, which is the original, and you've got Brass Birmingham. So there are two versions of the game, but it doesn't have a direct expansion. Again, I haven't played it enough. Like in my opinion, I've played four or five games of it. And every time I play it, I find a new strategy or something else clicks or I think, yeah, that didn't work that time. Let's try something yeah. else next time. And I always feel like I feel like I could play 20 games of it and still discover little bits and pieces that I think, oh, you should have done that next time. You should do this next time or try that. Solid game. It's a very good game. Yeah, mm -hmm. really enjoy it. I only played it once, but thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Davey said Ark Nova. So he's well, obviously gone down there. It hasn't got an expansion route. Not quite right anymore. I know, it's got some zoo maps. Yeah, well, it's got two maps and they have announced the expansion. So have they? Yeah, they're doing an Aquarius, aquarium type one, oh, basically. Fishy. But that is due out early next year. But yeah, at the new, uh, the most recent expo, there was the two maps that came out. The Gen Con. Uh, yeah, the map pack 
pack one, I think it's called, which mm. means that there's going to be lots pack of different maps. Two and bags. three. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that one's available. You can you can get it online at the minute for about thirty five quid, but obviously I'll just wait for retail release over in the UK, so it's only available in the US. At the Absolutely. Minute. So yeah, we'll wait for that to come out, but I'm hoping it's going to be sub twenty quid. So yeah, yeah. wait for that, and that's good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Okay. We'll go to the uh, the final niche number one question. What's your favourite game that has the most useless component? See, I, I had an answer straight away for this because no, it was I a game didn't. that I played fairly, fairly recently before my holiday, which is Champions of Midgard. And, <laughs> yeah. and in the Valhalla expansion, you get a little board that goes on your sideboard of, of, of your main character, your Viking leader that you play. And the sideboard's only purpose in the game is to hold your dead warriors' tokens on them. That's all it does. Yeah. What's the bloody point? There is no There's point. There's no point. It's like, oh, we've got extra punch board, let's just put some boards on and away we go. So it actually has two, I think two useless components because the other one in there is a circular disc that goes on your player board to show everyone what colour pieces you are, even though that your meeples have the same colour and people could work it out. Right. But there yeah, we go. That does sound it's kind of like why. Yeah. Uh, but I love the game. But it's just one of those why, why, why would you do yeah. that? What have you got? Uh, definitely Everdell for me. You've got two in that one. <laughs> the, the tree. tree. The, tri- the, the tree. The tree does nothing more than hold. All right, it, it's a little platform to put your little guys on. You get, but I mean, yeah, the tree sold US. that game. Would it have sold as well if it didn't no, have the tree? No, absolutely. In it? I suppose from a marketing point of view, <laughs> yeah. it's very much required. But but from a practical game point of view, it is not required at all. But an honourable mention to the expansion in oh god, which one was it? Belfair, I think, that gave you a right angled board for you to put your um so your village was straight, your ever little Everdell town was straight. But it's just a little board, like a right angle, where you can keep your workers on one side and the other. But similar to what you did with yeah. the with the dead warriors, it's just for you to put your little little animals on, really, and to keep <laughs> it at a right angle. Yeah, totally useful. not useful. Don't need useful it at all. Don't yeah. need it in the slightest. But there you go. It looked quite pretty. How, so you know. How many does Everdell play? Uh, Everdell plays six. God five or six. Yeah, definitely I, plays five. Yeah, I just with the expansions. I can't remember, but if it did play six, it's kind of like that tree. Someone's going to have that tree. Right in front, right in of, front them, of them. They can't see yeah. half the yeah. board yeah. because... So, yeah. To the point where some of the expansions take the tree out. Yeah, in all honesty, yeah. we don't play with the tree anymore. <laughs> we we <laughs> just move it to one side and might have it a bit further back from the board because it doesn't do anything, <laughs> not really. And then you put the cards on there and then you can't see them. No. You have to stand on the bottom. Yeah, it's <laughs> actively getting in the way rather than even being useless. So, actively it getting hinders in the way. The game. I know it's not a group favourite, but I absolutely love it, by the way. Yeah. Are you, Adrian? So, he was going to forget me, did you notice? No, yeah, I did. Yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> he was, he uh, had forgotten about you already. And Davy's point now, carry on. Uh, so, I went to, a, originally, my mind just went to all of the first player tokens that are ridiculously oversized <laughs> and have no point. And I thought, they are useful to some extent. They've just made them oversized for no point to fill up a bit of the box or to sell it on Kickstarter or whatever it is. So, uh, my actual choice is going to be Quadropolis. Not played that one. So it's a very basic city builder, uh, like sort of thing, similar to suburbia, but sort of much more basic. And when you set up between each turn, you've got a stack of of um, tiles, very much like Carcassonne, that you have to shuffle. Yeah. And then you put them out one at a time, so that you get yourself a nice grid. Now, bearing in mind it's a stack of cards, like a stack of tiles that you can easily shuffle. 
they actually give you a bag that you're supposed to put all of them in and then rummage around and then pull them out one at a time to put on there. And I just thought that's going to do so much damage to my tiles. There's absolutely no way I'm just shoving all these tiles in willy-nilly to then shut like like sort of swish around inside this bag and then put them out so yeah that's my choice is you've got a stack of tiles that are shuffleable in a hand like there's yeah. no yeah there's no issue with it but instead they've given you this this cloth bag to put all of them in which will never see the like the light of day it's never used saying, it worked for quacks yeah <laughs> <laughs> for, for about 10 games and then and then you then got buy capsules yeah. or whatever to put them in but yeah no that was <laughs> melted that was the one where I generally took the component out of the bag, put it on the side, read through the entire manual, and then went, I don't know why I have a bag in this. And then it wasn't until I reread it through and it just says, put all these tiles that we had naturally shuffled into a bag. And I was like, oh, that's no, no point. Happening. Absolutely not happening. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's the end of the niche number ones, round two. It's always good to get these. We've actually got a large bank of these, of, haven't we? Yeah, I we, think there's so many random questions we yeah. could ask of for different bits and pieces but hopefully it's given our listeners something to think about or a game that they've thought yeah that sounds like it might be absolutely and be good. we'll no doubt do another round of niche ones very very soon um, as cool. the first players take over so shall we get on to the question then let's do it and we're back with a question and this is from Stuart again he loves his questions, so oh. I quite like picking them. Um, so he asks, as we mm. uh, get more knowledgeable about game mechanics and game developers and publishers, etc., do we find that we suffer from game snobbery and do we dismiss some of the less complicated or entry-level games as too basic, as in they're beneath us? Is this something that we suffer from? Or, I, I think... or are we just kind of like, no? I, I think I'm, I'm probably in the middle on this one, to be honest, because... Snob. I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I quite like medium weight and low weight games like in their right I like party games and you know we've done a lot of those we yeah, love we party have, games yeah. like party games I like yeah. mid weight euros I like heavy euros I like a whole um, range of different games so I would say with my increased knowledge I've come to recognise what I would call a bad game uh, or a you know a game that could have been designed a lot better and is maybe a few years old and people just have a lot of nostalgia for or it's a good entry way for them to realise the hobby has a lot more um, mm -hmm. better advanced games now. I don't think that's snobbery. I think that's education as far as that goes because there are still some games that are really solid that are, do think that bracket that I've still got a lot of time for. You know, but I'm never gonna say, you know, this is. Oh, I don't know whether even to say it, but like, the, the Monopoly is not a good game. <gasps> it's not a good game, but it, I mean, people love it, and if you like that with your family, then that's absolutely great. But there are just so many games that do the similar theme better, you know. And so <laughs> there's a lot of games that do exactly. So it's just I don't think that's snobbery. I think that's just having seeing all these different things but there's a lot yeah. of games like you know I've still got a lot of time for Risk and Cluedo and all those type of games because I think they're fairly unique there's not a lot like them and they're quite interesting you know um, but yeah I think there are some games that don't when you go into the hobby don't age well if you like oh yeah I don't think that's snobbery though no that's just I think you said it on a previous episode where you're trying to compare like a Spectrum game to a, an Xbox Series X game yeah that's it and Spectrum games are way better yeah <laughs> No, they're not. Some of them, some of them are. Jet Set Willy for all the old old school gamer fans out there. Dizzy the egg. Dizzy the egg. Dizzy the egg. Yeah. 
Why is there not a board game version of Dizzy the Egg? Someone needs to make that. Probably a fair point. Yeah, I remember yeah, this game time as a kid. I'm interested to hear what Adrian thinks of this one because I think you're probably the one with the bigger biggest gaming history. Yeah, yeah, I think there are... So I started to nod along to this question and he mentioned at the end the complicated bit, you know, games that are more complex or le- less simple and I suddenly went, oh no, because there are games I'm done with. You know, I've played them a lot, I'm done with. If someone cracks it out and says, let's play this, I'll be like, yeah, fine, whatever. But my snobbery, I think, comes to do more with production value. So if the symbols don't make sense, if I look at a board game teach on on youtube and the pieces or the symbols or i start looking at a rule book and the rule book is dreadful (laughs) then i think i've got a level of snobbery around that where i've started to notice more when as soon as i'm watching like a youtube if i don't think it makes sense or the symbols or there's like just one really really sort of botched rule that they've had to squeeze in to make the game a little bit more all those kind of things I feel like yeah I've probably got a bit more snobbery around that of around the aesthetics and the production value of it but like yourself like no I still like some of those really simple games you know we've talked about Bandido Bandido is just a maze like you're creating a maze with there's no level of complexity about it but it's still one of my most played games because you can play it in five minutes and have a good laugh and like why didn't we get the bend we needed at the right time and stuff like that so complexity wise no I think that it's that as you say kind of maybe not bad games I do think yeah I have spotted some bad games and gone no but just if it's a bad rule book if it's got awkward symbols or an awkward turn sequence that I can see just doesn't quite work then yeah I think I'm a bit more picky about that where I've seen some games where after 10 plays I'm still like what was that symbol again Mm. it looks identical to this symbol or whatever Mm. it is and yeah I think that's where maybe I've my sort of snobbery or level of kind of I'm just not going to play that again I don't even notice some of the stuff here because I can take your point exactly about Dune Imperium first time we met I think yeah and you had a big issue that like you loved the game yeah as we all did you had a big issue with the aesthetics looking too close to each other you weren't sure which space was which and I wouldn't have even noticed but you're absolutely right in, in Dune Imperium that's it's probably only weakness in my eyes that's fair isn't it I, th- I think kind of for me like I- I've evolved through gaming like I think most people do in the hobby yeah. right you, you start off with certain games and you kind of you feel like you level up from them and like you said Adrian, like, I'm done with that one don't yeah. think I haven't feel the need or desire to play these particular games again because you found better versions or other ones that scratch are better rich etc so I think that's just the natural kind of progression in in, in the hobby of just getting on to, to different games mm. but for me I, I kind of will play anything I'm kind of like yeah whatever I'll play anything I'll try anything once regardless of weight so I'm not like Oh no, that's a light game. Mm-hmm. Since it's uh, two point nine oh, yeah. on oh, no, board game geek, I can't possibly no, play something. I don't, that I don't low. even entertain that um, at all. Um, but then, equally, I quite like the fact that there are games out there that are in the higher end. Go, yeah, played that. That's quite nice. Yeah. So I suppose there is an element of yeah, we've managed to crack over a, a, a four plus complexity game, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. I must be really intelligent. No, you're not. <laughs> it's just the way especially that, if you lost yeah <laughs> I did a lot and I didn't know what was going on um, but no I, I don't think I suffer from snobbery um, apart from the usual Monopoly bashing because I just can't I can't do it mm. I literally gave my copy away to a family 
member because they wanted to play it on New Year's Eve and I just refused. I, I just I refused think, to play it. I just think, I, I don't think any of us are snobs when no. it comes to this, but I think there are some games we personally wouldn't play. Yes. Like Monopoly, as an example. But that's not, like, they all have their place. I would never look down on anyone for playing them, but no. I'm not interested anymore. No. That's and, really what it comes down to. And it is interesting because I do think that while board games have less gatekeeping in them generally i do still think it's susceptible to gatekeeping yeah. i have certainly mm-hmm. seen people agree. sort of say oh well you know this person isn't into brass birmingham or eclipse can we really consider them like part of our gaming group or are we happy to play games with them or That's just you know bullshit. oh are yeah. you real gamer oh, if you haven't nonsense. ever played twilight imperium and no. it's just like no that's not a thing yes the monopoly bashing thing is odd and i kind of understand why some people don't like it but yeah to a point earlier i think it's a game that has a quite high level of complexity but because people it's in the sort of zeitgeist people know it people that think it's a simpler game whereas i think the actual what you get out of a quite complex game i could show someone a much less complicated game and they'd probably get more out of it if they knew yeah um but yeah i do still think that Part of this question is around the is there gatekeeping involved? Where That's as you really as you've got on in the hobby, are you now considering gamers who've only been in it six months, three months, whatever less? And I'd like to think that we don't, but I have certainly seen it. Oh, I've seen um, it. out there. Yeah, I've definitely seen it, and yeah, it, it shouldn't be in the hobby at all. But like most hobbies, I'm sure it exists. <laughs> having having been part of things like you know trading card games magic the gathering yeah, and stuff like do. that and you know it's horace heresy's just re-released for warhammer and the gatekeeping going on in that at the moment is crazy um but it's like you've got loads of new players who are really excited to play this yeah. game like get them involved get them yeah you might have to teach them yeah you might have to put up with these niche rules that they don't know because games workshop games tend to have a level of mm-hmm. weird rules complexity mm-hmm. interactions like magic does and other games do but just get them involved, get them excited. Yeah, maybe don't invite them to your like crazy tournament evening or whatever if, you, if you're worried that they're going to dent into it. But that's not to say don't ever play them, don't invite them along to events. Just maybe warn them, this is going to be uber competitive and you might we might make you cry because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't know half the rules. And yeah. yeah, But you then set that expectations and you invite them to the big narrative events. You invite mm. them to the, the game days where anyone can come along yep. and all that kind mm. of stuff. Great point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks again, mate. Cheers, buddy. Keep them coming in. Um, Right, let's get to our penultimate turn. Let's do it. Right, now it's time for us to talk about what we're excited for. So what's coming up? What are you looking forward to? Holidays are over. I I, I need this. Mm -hmm. I need some excitement. (laughs) My holiday's done. So what, what have we got coming up? Adrian, I'm going to you first, mate. I've got a, a couple of birthdays coming up, actually, where people have decided that they want to play board games all day, which I'm Sounds all on board for. Really? <laughs> yeah, Sounds so, awful. Um, listener of the show and someone who regularly comments, Marcus has a, a yeah. birthday day coming up where um, we're going down to Exeter and playing a few games. Nice. Don't know what I'm going to be playing, but I'm going to take a load along and see what we end up playing. I've got a few other friends who don't get much chance to play board games. They're coming along as well, so really quite excited oh, for that one. great. And then we've got Curly's coming up. Oh, I won't name an age. Uh, but... Doesn't bother me, mate. It's zero in it. I'm quite, I, I'm quite proud I've got this far, frankly. Yeah, well done, mate. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, obviously we've got a, get, like a games day coming up for your birthday as well. And looking forward to that and seeing yeah. what we, we fit into that as well. So 
yeah, ironically, like two weekends in a row, I've got two big birthdays where nice. they were like, let's nice. play some board games. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds good. Good options. Curly. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm going to take a bit of a different approach, although I am looking forward to my birthday and stuff like that. Um, and there's a few games that I do want to try out. I'm really looking forward. I've got a couple of Kickstarters coming very soon that I'm really Oh, they're nearly to. there. They're nearly there, Go mate. On. We've got, um, well, we've, like I say, we've got a few, but the North Guard is probably the one I'm most looking forward to. Nice. Um, I do really want to get to the table Europa Universalis. I wonder whether it will be too much for me. So I'm, I, I'm saying I'm looking forward to it, but with a little bit of trepidation, if I'm honest. So it's but, XL97, uh, isn't yes, it? Yes, exactly yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll wait and see on that one. But, yeah, both of those are due very soon. And there are other stuff as well. Frosthaven has just announced that yeah. it's likely to be Christmas to January uh, for a potential delivery. So a bit far in advance, but I'm looking forward to that one. But, yeah. Nice. Nice. Good. And yourself? Yeah. What's going to get you out of the post-holiday blues? <laughs> Hopefully anything, anything, <laughs> man. Uh, now, the two things, actually. Um, one is Kickstarter-related and one it isn't. And the Kickstarter-related one is at Gen Con, they've shown off the um, Chip Theory games. Surprise. <laughs> they've, they've shown off uh, the Hopper Marcus uh, Victorum uh, production copy. Oh, nice. Which is a gladiator fighty yeah. battle uh, game. And that just looks bloody stunning so i'm like really really hyped That's and right excited. my street so yeah you, you'll love it um i mean victorium's a solo only experience but the remastered of course i've got that that's uh, a full-on team squad Co-op, yeah nice like bash each other team v team all that kind nice. of stuff um so that i'm looking forward to that just because it just looks really good um but in terms of gaming events next week we start the perseverance chronicle mode yeah and I forgot about that completely. <laughs> completely I forgot about it until it. two seconds ago. Yeah, so I was like, awesome. oh shit, that's like next week. And I really need to learn the rules for that and get it going. But because mm. we've already booked the four games in, yeah. Um, because if we don't, it'll be it'll forever. Happen, yeah. Um, and yeah, just looking forward to giving it a go, see what it's like, mm. see how it develops. Me, you and T-Bone, isn't it? Yeah, we kept it three players because actually it's just the sweet spot, I think, for that mm. game. Yeah. Just plays that little bit quicker. Just slightly too long between turns. Yeah, four, I think it's the the fact that you've got two actions like that primary and secondary action on your go. It just takes that little bit longer mm-hmm. to get round. And I think with three, it's just a lot slicker. So yeah. looking forward to it. Good. Yeah. So there we go. We got there. Definitely. Hopefully, Davey, we've done you proud, and hopefully, you get better soon, mate. And yeah. you can return and hold the reins. If not, one of us will be uh, yeah. <laughs> carrying on. Um, so yeah, we've uh, got to the end of the show. I just want to say thanks to all the listeners, as always. And if you've liked the show, please like, subscribe, and review on your podcast player of choice. And if you want to get in contact with us on the show, uh, you can on our email address, which is players at whoseturn.co.uk, or check out Facebook, Whose Turn Is It Anyway podcast. On Instagram, it's at Whose Turn Podcast, or on TikTok, at Whose Turn Is It Anyway. And we'll be back again in two weeks with another episode. So stay frosty, everyone. Thank you.